Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, this is day two at IoT Solutions World Congress. We are on site. This is 2023. Put this on a calendar just because you need to put it on your calendar. You get great people like Mark who solves problems and make you makes your life better. He's right. He's in the hot seat, by the way, FYI. And we're going to have conversations about how he pronounces words that I don't pronounce like he does, like aluminum. Aluminum. How do you do? Aluminium. See? No. Right off the bat, we disagree. <laughs> and it is a platform, a platform that is dedicated to industrial professionals all around the world because you, you are bold, brave, you dare greatly, you collaborate, you innovate, you're making the life of many better, as, including myself, absolutely including myself. Mark is in the hot seat. National Composite Center. National Composite Center. Eh, whatever. <laughs> right there. Let's get cracking. Yeah, there's your fan. You want a fan? Fantastic. Yeah. I just got one of them, yes. Hi, my fan. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looks good. Good conference? Uh, yeah, I joined actually this morning just to try and uh, I was one of the speakers in uh, this thing called the metaverse and what it actually means to you. Uh, I don't Let me put that down on my notes oh because I want to ask you about it's, meta. It's one of those phrases that uh, I guess don't particularly want to ask me about because we don't really have a definition for it and that's what we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, see, that's I like that. That's pretty... That's pretty Jake. I like that a lot. Um, background. Give us a background on who uh, Mark is with a C. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, yeah, originally born and bred in South Africa, so apologies for the accent. Uh, we do pronounce our words correctly, though, so apologies. That's right. And he's uh, trash talking. Good for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I was, you know, uh, engineering background, uh, mainly in the aerospace industry. Worked a lot uh, for Airbus, Rolls-Royce, companies such as that in the Bristol area in the UK uh, for the last 20 years. Have uh, been an industrialist. Uh, last company was with GKN, part of their global organization. So worked across the nations, uh, US, uh, in Netherlands, Europe, etc., and uh, in Scandinavia, helping them to develop uh, digital methods, tools, processes uh, that will essentially add value to the way they do and, and, and develop products okay. for the future, really. Yeah. Are you a sports fan? I am, yeah. yeah. And the sport is? Mainly rugby. Uh, but I do play a lot of hockey like field and hockey. See, I, I hate to di- digress, but I, I, I'm all into rugby. I don't know the game real well. I've been watching it for a number of That's years, but I, 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 I don't know how they do it. I don't know. I mean, it's like right. It's like American s- football, you yeah. With, with, but no, but it's even worse. It's like a combination of American football and soccer, where you never stop running. You never, never. Yeah, the World Cup's never. coming up. I'm sure you'll watch it. Very, oh. good, very good players, right here. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? You know what my team is. Who's your team, man? Bath. South Africa. No, oh, Bath. All right. Oh, right, that's around the corner from us. How can you be at Bath? I heard so you were coming to watch the Bristol Bears against Bath in one of our stadiums. Bristol Bears. Yeah, so Bath, <laughs> and, and this is how it sort of rolled. It was like, hey, I'm here in Bath. Hey, look at that. They've Let's got go a rugby team. Rugby. Hey, you. let me go into the sports. Hey, now I have a rugby jersey. It's Bath. There it is. There it so is. I, so every year they disappoint me. Yeah, they do. They do. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So Bristol doing well this year, well, as well as we can. Well, yeah, it's all good. There's a couple of big guys on the Bristol Bears. Most of the African guys know that. They're big, man. I'm telling you. Some of them are monsters, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a big game. All right. Let's crack. Talking about uh, 
Tell us about, uh, just briefly, about uh, National, Comp- how do you say it? National Composite Center. Composite Center. My American accent's going. Okay, right there. Tell us so, a little bit about that, and then I want to go into that metaverse, that sure, conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. So, so the National Composite Center is actually one part of seven catapult centers. The UK government is invested in the concept of the catapult. It recognizes that there's a heap of good technology that's available out there, um, especially coming from UK-based startups and companies. Um, and it's sort of the valley of death, as we call it, is this relationship between tech coming in and actual industry adoption. And there's this piece in the middle which says there's a bit of a failure there, uh, recognizing that we need to be able to do something in the middle of how technologies evolve from uh, you know, ideas all the way through to things that actually get and provide value and impact into industry. And the piece in the middle is what's called the technology readiness level scale, if you're familiar with the concept. Uh, in the middle of it is how do you take stuff that's been tested in your, in your lab environments, in your sheds, and how do you move it into a realistic space which looks and feels like something that's been de-risked that industry can then adopt. So we almost act as that Fast, fail fast kind of test bed place for industry and use our facilities which are large scale facilities to essentially test technology on their behalf and see which ones work and which ones don't and then help them on their adoption journey that's what I'll be we're an innovation it's, center and, and maybe I that for me so you're looking at this technology and you're trying to at least bring it into a commercial type of environment where it, it, it makes sense yeah it's like okay this is good stuff this is good stuff how do you well, all about I like develop- catapult. That's a good. It's catapult, yeah. So yeah. Catapulting technology is all about developing cases for investment. We know that the biggest blockers are ultimately about, oh, yeah. hey, why should I invest in this tech? You know, well, actually, this tech's good. This tech's bad. Actually, we focus on the problem. Why do we want this tech? You know, what is the problems that it's trying to solve? What impact it's trying to make? And then we work backwards and look at the different solutions. And we, we use a uh, user term around, there's so much technology, especially the digital hub technology curve. Yeah, yeah. And so what we're trying to do is filter through the good stuff, you know, and the bad stuff and sort of, you know, try everything on behalf of industry, but relevant uh, and at the scale that they would recognize. So if you walk in our facility, it looks like a manufacturing facility. In fact, it is a manufacturing facility. We, we do prototypes sponsored by government to act as they go between. We have uh, members in our organizations, and the, the Catapult is seven of us. We focus on composites, composites, composites. Uh, which are pretty much you know, the carbon fiber, glass fiber laid up to make surfboards all the way up to rockets and, and aircraft. And ultimately, we focus on the areas of manufacturing and engineering development uh, and use digital techniques and show businesses how, we, how to adapt and adopt and innovate with them. And so accelerate that journey to providing impact, essentially. <laughs> One of the noisy things that exists out there, by the way, I've been looking at my calendar when you were saying, hey, we have this uh, center, and I, I don't see my calendar filled with the opportunity to broadcast from that location. I'm sure that's an oversight. You, you can absolutely, if you would like to come and have a chat to me. That's shameless. That's absolutely shameless. <laughs> but the, the, the challenge I see, too, in, in light of all of that is how do you pick and choose? How do you... How do you catapult? How do you move something forward? Because it's noisy out there. I, I you know, I'm just a humble old doggone guy here. I, mean, I don't know I, how you choose it. That is a fantastic question. I mean, ultimately you start from why, you know. We talk, talk about diagnosing the problems and we work with the industry to essentially filter through what are the key case studies, what are the key things that they want to do. So you look at uh, you know, what it is that you want to try and see, why you want to try and achieve and what, what help is it going to give you. And then you work backwards and you can have multiple solution architectures called designs ultimately uh, and we offer a platform for all suppliers to come in and some 
might sell you things because the salespeople are out there promoting that their system can do A, B, C, D things and it solves all those problems. But in reality, what we do is we test all these things out and then we, we either poke holes at or we actually validate and say, yeah, that those these three or four or five different systems do. So we don't necessarily say, you know, these are the ones you should use because our mandate is to offer opportunities for all supply chains. We actually promote and showcase what things could do and what they cannot do. And it provides two things. One, back to the technology providers to say, you're missing this gap, go and do pieces of research or development in this area. And also then provides an opportunity to broker those relationships. So we don't sell commercial products. We're not there to make a commercial suit. We're a non-profit. We're actually there to help people broker those relationships. I, I, I like that sort of advocacy approach Advocate, just yeah. because one, yeah, there's there's a lot of say there's a lot of individuals a lot of people out there saying yeah we can do that we can do that exactly. we can do yeah. it and and so that trust all of my conversations that I have it's always like I get it who do I trust and that's sort of that human side right correct who yeah, yeah yeah because I I need I know I need to do it yeah but I that guy's hanging him hanging that shingle over there I'm not yeah. sure if I trust him yeah that's that's just the reality of it yeah and, but 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 if we're on this sort of this innovation journey that that we need those trusted individuals to help us along that don't have you know don't have anything like you guys you need that advocacy i like that yeah i mean it, it, two parts of trust is brilliant that you brought it in because one is do you trust the partner that you're ultimately going to go and broker or no, whatever you have for uh, and you then trust the technology that's associated oh. with that partner because if we were to float yeah, it into this metaverse conversation, it's like there's the people side and the company side, and do you trust that company to be your partner on the journey for future commercial offerings and services? On the other side of the fence, what they're offering, is it trustworthy? Is the simulations or the AI or the tools or the methods that they're promoting, are they actually trustworthy in their own nature? Ooh, and now you start getting into this whole, well, I can trust a person, do I trust a model? And as you move into more, future state of analysis simulations actually making decisions potentially making decisions on behalf of humans you know are you starting to build trust it's in that other side yeah. of things yeah and yeah. you're starting to get into that murky waters of ethics and i i, I absolutely it, it, it's 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 always it's always a human equation you know it just is it's just a human equation it's uh, it's a difficult one and trust is, is absolutely key to all these things trust is everything yeah, yeah. And, and, and and you know everybody uh, listening to this conversation says yeah yeah I went down the road I got the you know I I nailed this uh, this solution and it never delivered and and yuck yeah yeah exactly and I you've got some really good examples of like we asked we asked it to be configured this way it didn't actually give us and actually we're worse off now than we were before let's start again and all that money goes into the pot. Absolutely. And, and this is where it goes, you know, if you're going to start a journey, diagnostics, you know, understanding the problem, I think it was Einstein said some stupid, like you spend 95% of your time identifying what the actual problem is you want to solve and 5% solving it. Yeah. Because actually, technologies exist. You know, looking around this conference today, the technologies are out there. It and is. people are offering overlapping things and it gets very confusing. Yes. Don't worry about it too much, you know, yeah. what is the problem we're trying to solve? come to like an innovation center talk to people and yeah. break it down into chunk tangible bits and then each technology can provide a facet to it and what we try to do is operate as that integrator that ability yeah. to break things down into tangible digestible yeah. problems and then look at the technology solutions that fit within that remit that's fundamentally what the job of the catapult is and we, we tend to think of ourselves more as architects and integrators uh, of these kind of solutions well we, we don't own technology solutions again we we're that intermediary in the middle that's trying to trying to bridge that gap really well you know industrial talk is the uh, industrial media platform 
that is a catapult in gaining greater attention. No. I'm going to use catapult. Oh, so you're going to use right? catapult going forward. That's a trademark <laughs> name right there. <laughs> catapult. <laughs> All right, let's 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 venture into uh, metaverse. Let's define it. First off, why? Um, why? I think branding. I'll use the word branding. I think there's digital twin. There's IoT. There's names that have to be put to uh, certain things to denote a change, potentially. Um, so... I can't tell you what the metaverse is, but I think it's still forming, to be honest. It's a concept that's evolving and forming. And, and really, maybe I'm saying don't worry about what the metaverse is. Don't really worry about what the name the digital twin is. Worry about what it is you want to achieve and the impact that you want to make in your organization. And then, and then the set of tools, techniques, and technologies will form the fundamental thing called the metaverse that you'll plug into ultimately. But, yeah? Does the digital twin uh, and the principles of digital twin, uh, augmented reality, all of that fit into this whole metaverse? It's sort of like yes. the metaverse is the macro, macro, sort of the digital representation of yeah, uh, yeah, the physical world. I think that's a really good way. So you could have mini-verses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you've got, a, you've got something that you want to get data from, that you want to be able to get intelligence from, something that you want to get an immersive relationship with. That's the digital twin concept. I have a physical asset. I have a virtual version of it, a digital version of it. And from interacting with that, I get more intelligence about that product and about that process or about that thing than I would have if it was just looking at something physical, like a microphone. I know exactly what's happening on the microphone. It's giving me the data in a realistic format that allows me to make more conscious decisions and more informed decisions about what it is. And it's given to me in a media that I really understand. I was saying to my kids the other day, you know, we never had YouTube. This is going out, and I'm not sure what platform it goes out on, but... What's that? YouTube, anyways, but you know, it's, if it goes out on a platform, you're going, actually, people interact with media. They interact with visual stimuli. You know, not really interactive paper. So you're talking about how do you get that data in dashboards, visual media, immersive yeah. media, but they're all part of the technology yeah. strands. And then you talk about, well, this is a microphone. What about this facet? As you start expanding, then you start yeah. talking about the interconnectivity and relationships and taking away the silos. And, and then you start talking about, whoa, that's the metaverse type stuff. Whoa, this whole thing about the digital universe, essentially. <laughs> no, I, 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 I get it. And, and in fact, uh, I, I enjoy the opportunity the the ability to be able to learn visually right yep. don't don't dump a piece of paper on me and say Here, here's the policy this is the maintenance procedure associated with that asset yep. right yep. i'm going to do it wrong Correct. but if you, you you give me that that interactive visual component that, that's like yeah i'm yeah. all in yeah and there's not talk about it. there's reasons why you have those control work instructions and because there's a certification process that comes along and you're looking at how the metaverse can really accelerate new products we need these products out there tomorrow for net zero agendas they're going to be radically different in a lot of they're going to be using technologies uh, like hydrogen like electrification all that. they're coming they're coming through now how do we start to certify those things and how does the metaverse and the digital twinning aspects and all the technologies help us to certify those products quicker that really is uh, the the major intent at a macro scale about does and how do these digital technologies help engineers design better design faster and essentially bring the regulators bring the uh, collaboration from the supply chain into the agenda through that whole interactive data set in the right way and in the most fashion yeah? collaboration and co-creation yeah see look at that you're just 
you're saying, saying okay, I'm just going, yeah. right, I gotta get collaboration in there, I gotta get co-creation, got I gotta get the, the buzzwords out there, make sure they're I out there. Collaboration via buzzword, we're collaborating right now. We're collaborating now. right now, we're <laughs> chirping back and forth, we're making things happen. Um, is there a moral challenge, a human moral challenge? I know that the, I know the metaverse and people are, yeah, some issues there. Uh, yeah, I think there'll always be this hesitation. I don't get it with the industry, trust me. I, I think it's a, it's necessary. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, there'll always be a, a conflict between, you know, it's going to come back to trust, but, you know, do you, do you look at a simulation on AI making decisions? Would you allow something else to make a decision for you? And would that decision actually be right? I think we were talking about uh, yeah, autonomous yeah. vehicles the other day, and they were yeah. saying emergency stops in a car. For example, a bull crosses the road and a kid chases after the bull, right? So the car, would the car stop for the ball or the kid? Would it be able to recognize uh, and understand right. the difference between the ball and the kid? <laughs> right, kind of right. Thing? And you're starting to go, well, if the right. metaverse is all about trying to get that data in right way, you know, so and, and as a human, you would go for the ball because you're taking an ethic, whoa, and then you start to get into, would you actually start to get into that ethical debate around all that, that debate around what decisions an AI could actually make on your behalf, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a really interesting minefield to go into. We're not quite there yet, but you know, it's getting that direction. What I do see is a no opportunity for attorneys to get involved. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, all right, another possible revenue stream. I'm just saying possible. Yeah, and you know, a colleague later will probably talk a lot about this, but the ethics and the legality and who takes the insurance, you know, all of that will come into but the But who, who's, who's that body that uh, defines that? Who's, who's creating those standards? Who's creating that common lexicon that that uh, ensures uh, accuracy and conversation? It's like so, yeah. So most regulating stuff would be a combination of the government yeah. policy down yeah. first, and the industrial bodies coming together to make sure that these things. And then you've got a lot of technology, a lot of technology work going on, and academic thinking going on to how you build trust and ethics into the digital twins, the, the ARs of the future type thing. I, you know, I don't think there is a s single body that's trying to do it, but there are certainly activities oh, going God. on in the space. It's coming through. You're, you're awesome. But uh, there you go. I mean, you're the, it, man. We are yet to help, as I say. See, your advocacy, there needs to be that in a big, big way. How do people say, hey, I like Mark with a C. He goes oh. to the same barber as Scott McKenzie. How do I get a hold of him? You uh, basically jump onto the website and, and you go www.nccuk.com. Wow, quite, quite the spokesman Thank for the you. website. NCCUK.com. <laughs> you're right. not. Yeah. You were awesome, man. <laughs> and thank you for being patient when I was running in from a, a lunch. You were, no you were so cool about the whole damn thing. You made me feel better about myself. You make me feel better about myself. That's right. Look at that. Just, it's like you're a younger me. This is what you get to look forward <laughs> is this to. Like a, oh my gosh. Sorry, my wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll look like this. <laughs> all right. We're going to wrap it up on the other side. We're going to have all the contact information for Mark with a C out on Industrial Talk. So fear not. Reach out to this gent. Advocacy. It's happening. Find those Sherpas. He be one of them. All right. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk and your continued support. That was Mark with a C. Incredible professional, a must-connect type of guy. Make that happen. Everything will be out there on Industrial Talk. You know that as well as I do. 
you're going to have his stat card out there. You're going to look at his stat card, and you're going to say, man, that's a heck of a stat card. And it is. He knows his stuff. Humble guy. And and his name is spelled F-U-N-N-E-L-L. We emphasize the fun in his name. So that's, uh, that's Mark. Excellent, excellent conversation. Also, put this on your bucket list. You've got to put this on your bucket list because IoT Solutions World Congress 24. Now, that's going to be mid-year next year. Uh, plan for that because you get people like Mark and others who are really dedicated to trying to solve problems. Uh, they have a passion to collaborate. And those uh, and the team of Farah Barcelona do an excellent job at bringing everybody together. It's it's. In short, it's an excellent, excellent experience. So put that on your calendar. All right. Be bold, be brave. Dare greatly. I say it all the time. You go to IoT, you're going to hang out with people like Mark, and you're going to change the world. We're going to have more coming from this particular conference shortly, so stay tuned.